0: Hoop, eh.
1: the Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. Oh, 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 oh. The big east.
0: Yeah.
1: The rest of the college hoops the world. The
0: screen. Dunn, twisting his way in.
1: This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself. Mike Surratt!
0: Man up in my on the
2: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Province Crier podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surrette, the Province Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Province Crier. Join with me uh, as he is every episode. We have BOC at BOC all day. Uh, today is Tuesday, October 19th, Big East Media Day, actually. So, um, you know, PC is going to be sending some guys down there. I believe it's. Uh, Al Durham, um, uh, Jared Bynum, Nate Watson, uh, Justin Manaya, Am I missing someone? Oh, Reeves. 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 Yeah, so they're all headed down there for Big East Media Day. So we thought at the PCP, why not uh, give our Big East rankings, uh, kind of preview all the teams. And, uh, you know, we'll do that first and then have a break, come back, discuss the awards, player of the year, coach of the year, Comeback Player of the Year, um, or Most Improved, rather, uh, as they call it, Newcomer of the Year, all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, let's get right into it then. Um, you know, Big East, obviously the past few years, has dominated the conference, and I think it would be no surprise to you, BFC, but I'm starting my list with number one Villanova. You the same, I assume?
3: <laughs> yeah, I have the same. Villanova is just the uh... – they're just a powerhouse. They have probably the most important thing. They're not only landing great talent, they're keeping the talent and they have an amazing culture there. Um, so yeah, I have them at the top. Uh, I think they're a consensus in my opinion, a cons- an AP poll came out their consensus top five to 10 team nationally. Um, but what's interesting with them is they, they don't necessarily have the star power uh, that you would associate or any pro players at this point like where after at the end of this year you'll say okay that person's a lock for the first round they don't have that um so I think they're going to lean on their culture and continuity from last year to uh, stay atop the big east
2: yeah I mean with Villanova though if you think about it like a lot of their NBA guys weren't NBA radar guys coming into the program so um, you know one thing I, I think a lot of teams across country could take a play out of uh, Jay Wright's playbook is winning gets you into the like into conversations for NBA drafts like think about a guy like Dante DiVincenzo um, you know he was a big recruit in, in the state of Delaware but not really like an NBA prospect and that Villanova team's loaded they do their thing he's in the NBA you know um, you know you look at uh, Pat Eric Pascal um, another guy Fordham transfer, um, you know, took him a little time, and then he turns into an NBA guy. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's Villanova's culture that, that matters and winning that matters. And at the end of the day, I think Jay Wright can easily sell guys on, you do things the way I want you to do them, you'll be the position that you want to be at the end of the season, <laughs> like team-wise and personal-wise. Uh, so, you know, you know I, I think Villanova definitely going to be – They they were ranked number four in the AP uh, poll that came out on Monday. Um, You know, with – you know, you think PC took advantage of the extra grad year. I I think Nova's probably the biggest team that took advantage of it with uh, Colin Gillespie coming back um, after getting hurt late last season and then uh, Jermaine Samuels, another guy. Um, You know, those are two pillars that you would want to have on any team my opinion, uh, the leadership from Gillespie, one, um, the versatility in playmaking uh, and Sandals is just another gamer. He's been, he's just been through so many grinds over his career at Nova. So uh, it's hard to pick against them, but what I will say is interesting. You know, their front court is big question mark. Uh, usually you don't say that, not that Nova has, you know, in always imposing front court, but they at least have someone there that, that, plans on you know getting some good publicity going into the thing you look at um uh, uh jre from the year prior and then pascal Spellman, all those type of guys they really don't have that type of guy maybe that comes out uh as the season goes on but uh yeah i mean it's hard to pick against Nova.
3: yeah i mean i think i think everybody's talking about the pros of them running like a small old five type of offense where you slide in Samuels, who's all of six eight, six nine, to that small ball five, and there'll be a terror to guard uh, defensively because you know, like like Nova has all five guys on the court will be able to shoot it and stroke it from deep. So that's that's going to be um, a pain for all opposing teams. But on the other end, um, they don't have anybody that can guard some of the premier big men in the Big East. Are you going to, like as great as? A hustle player and how tough Jermaine uh tough Jermaine Samuels is. He's not going to be able to guard Watson one-on-one in the post. He'll Watson will feed feast down there. Fremantle will even Colt Brenner like big big men like that. They just won't have an answer for the big men. Um so they got to hope the pros of having that offensive set out there are going to outweigh the net, the cons of giving up a lot of points in the paint. Um because I think they're going to. And I think that's just going to be something that Jay Wright and folks have to live with as a, as a Nova fan and watching them.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, Definitely a question mark there, but I I think all things considered uh, we're quite comfortable putting them in the one spot of each of the rankings here, you know, BLC Now now this is where it gets interesting. Um, You know, I I think in my opinion, at least the biggest is pretty wide open after this. Um, the, The rest of the teams in the group, and I'm going to go with a little bit of a surprise here. At two, I'm going St. John's. How about you?
3: So, you and I, it just shows how it just shows how uh, jumbled the Big East is after Nova. Because you and I, like three weeks ago, were talking. I had a similar stance. I was doing some analysis over the past couple of days. I like St. John's a lot. I have them actually at four in the Big East. Um, I'm going with Xavier at two. And okay. I know that that is a shift from what we talked about, but a couple of reasons for that. Um, they have arguably the best duo in the Big East, I would say, with St. John's being the the threat there with, uh, with Scruggs and Fremantle. Um, they also have a lot of players and talent returning, and they also have some transfers that are coming in. Um, Steel also, you, you can't, you can't downplay the fact that Steele knows his seat is a little bit warm. I don't think, I don't think he's on the hot seat or anything, but I think they have expectations for this Xavier program and they have a history of success and he quite candidly hasn't, hasn't met that. So I think they have the pieces in place. They're always a tough, they're always a tough matchup. It's always a dogfight whenever you play them. I think they finally, uh, you know, they're going to make a push and maybe potentially even push Nova, but I have them at two. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, one thing about X, you know, the, their formula for success throughout the past like 20 some odd years is, you know, coach, um, you know, very good coach. He moves on to a bigger program. The guy that fills in usually is on their bench already and becomes a coaching star. Uh, you know, you saw that with Sean Miller goes to Arizona. Chris Mack replaces him. He becomes stud. He goes to Louisville. Now we have uh, Travis Steele and it's funny, like I, I had this picture of, of, Steele at Dana gardens, that, that bar at Xavier, um, you know, buying everyone shots and like, man, has he fallen from grace that since then? I feel like, um, you know, this is a Xavier team that didn't make the tournament last year. Wouldn't have made it the year before had COVID not canceled it. Um, so in, you know, they have a fan base that's used to su- sustain success. So, yeah, I definitely think he his seat is warm. I would go on and say he's on this hot seat. Like, if they miss it again, I don't see him returning. That's just me.
3: They just have – they have not only do they have a lot of players returning, like I loved Juan Odom last year. Yeah, I thought he was like a perfect fit for Xavier. They also have star power. Star power can be subjective with Scruggs and Fremantle, as I've mentioned. They also – Added some transfers in uh, Nunji from Iowa, who probably didn't get the recognition he deserves because of Barza. Um, and, you know, also they add drum hunter from Indiana. So they're doing something similar to what Providence did. And the nice thing that they have going for them is even if they didn't add some of those players, they do have two foundational pieces in Scruggs and fremantle. So I'm high on them. Um, like I said, as of two or three weeks ago, I had them somewhere around four or five. So I think it's a testament to how wide open the Big East is going to be, especially in the middle.
2: Right. So then let's bang out like a few more picks here because – because uh, and then we'll kind of talk about each team. But, you know, I put the Giants at two. Mm-hmm. I go UConn at the three and then Xavier at the four. So what does your three-four look like?
3: Uh, almost identical. So UConn I have at the three, St. John's I have at the four.
2: Gotcha. All right. So then I, I guess let's get into um, – each of those teams. Then you got UConn. They opened up uh, one of two East teams to be ranked in the first bowl. They're sitting at number 24. Um, obviously, last season, big expectations coming back to the Big East. Um, they have uh, NBA Garden in James Booknight, who um, ends up uh, getting drafted by the Charlotte Hornets this past season. Um, you know, I feel like UConn fans should be happy that they made the tournament, but at the same time, it, to me, I just kind of felt like that season was a little disappointing for them, to be honest. I mean, uh, as a fire fan, I thought our season was more disappointing, but I mean, for UConn to, to have the season they had last year, and then just to get one and done and just get pretty much blown out. But by, by Maryland, I mean, I was looking back at, uh, that game and they led like nineteen eighteen then never led again. Like it's pretty uncompetitive game. And got yeah. about Maryland team last year that was rebuilding pretty much. Um, granted that they have a, plenty of talent. I'm not going to discredit that, but I mean, kind of a flub for UConn uh, to be honest in the tournament.
3: Yeah, I. It's so funny there was like this underlying. It's, or at least it came across this way. There was this, like, underlying conflict between Hurley and, and Booknight. I, I feel like they hated each other. Like, it's so – like, Hurley made so many comments, and Hurley's, like, you know, the old school, like, tough it out, whereas Booknight, I think, was being cautious with an injury and was taking his time coming back because he had NBA aspirations and it all worked out for him. But um, it seemed like they were – like, the team was different when Booknight was back, right? No, There's no questions there. Um, it seemed like the team though when he was back relied on him a bit too much and I think Hurley might like having um, not having one not having one alpha on the team and everybody contributing equally and people that are more buying into his culture um, so I think I think Yukon's going to be probably probably the best team defensively in the Big East um, but where is their scoring going to come from that's like that's going to be the question so you talk about, like, it'll probably be preseason, Nova 1, UConn 2. If I had to guess, the teams couldn't be any more different. And that's just – that's what's really exciting about this league. There's so many different ways teams are going to win, whether it's through scoring or defense or all of the above. It's just going to be a really interesting uh, – it's going to be interesting to see how UConn comes through post-book night because I don't know if they're going to lean on Cole, if they're going to lean on, you know, Sonogo, if they're going to lean on Martin, or is it going to be a combination of all of those? So it'll be really – Interesting to see how they put it all together.
2: Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing about UConn for this season um, is, you know, in the past, when they've went on their NCAA tournament runs and uh, won national titles, they were based heavily on guard play. Um, You know, Kemba Walker, uh, Napier, um, Boatwright, uh, you know, those guys – were the leaders on those championship teams and last year they have a guy in book night he gets hurt a bunch um and I, you know I was reading that like oh UConn knows what it's like to play without book night. they had to do it for a game like I think that's a bunch of crap uh first of all yeah they did that what was their their record wasn't that great without book night right
3: yeah I don't think it was all I think I don't think it was all that great. Like, I remember they started out hot at the start of the season. Then I think Booknight got hurt. They fell off a little bit, and then they came on strong. stronger. I mean, I he was
2: out in the first matchup between PC and, and UConn last year, and, and Province won that one. I'm getting that yeah. right. And then he came and then, back for the UConn Then he game. came back, yeah. and oh, yeah.
3: and UConn absolutely boat raced us.
2: Yeah. So, so my thing is, like, you know, I think the front court's very talented. Um, Isaiah Wiley – returning for, I believe, his fifth year. Um, Adama Snogo, you know, a, a highly touted um, recruiting prospect, came on late last year, um, you know, became their starter. And, you know, I, I think he's a very talented player as well. Um, and then you look off the bench, Tyler Pauly, uh a Cook. A cook. Um, There's a team with a pretty alerted front court, to be honest. And then you look at the guards, and my thing is like – I feel like Cole and Martin each had like a big game or two when book night was gone, but that's it. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know how confident you can be in in, the, in those guards to be honest with
3: you. So I'm, I, I feel a little bit different than you about Martin. I think Martin's going to absolutely blow up this year. I think he's going to be like a very poor man's like Obi Toppin. Okay. All right. I'm, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I, 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 I like his game a lot, and I think he's going to come on in a big way. I
2: like his game, too, but he's kind of like a, you know, a different type guard in the sense that he's a guy that rebounds well, um, you know, for a guard. He gets offensive rebounds and then, you know, scores by putting it back back in the hoop, you know. I, I just don't know if he has that game to take a guy one-on-one, break him down, get his own shot, you know. It, th- that's where I question – with Martin, and then with Cole, it's like Cole was a scorer at uh, oh, where was he at before? Um,
3: was it Howard? Right? Was it, was it Howard? Yeah, I think was it was Howard. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, and and you know Cole showed that he could blow up for a few games, but the consistency thing there is just a big question. And I guess you got two two of them where you know you're hoping. One day, one guy goes off. The next day, someone else goes off. You know, but mm-hmm. I don't know. And then, on top of that, I, I think they are relying on a lot of young players. Um, you know, you look at projected rosters. You got Andre Jackson in and there. You know, I, I get why people like Andre Jackson. He's long, athletic, all that sort of stuff. But man, I thought he sucked last year. I really did. Wasn't I mean, he's a, a freshman, but like wasn't
3: our boy? Wasn't our boy Fanta? He was all over him. If I, oh, remember, I mean, before.
2: the whole UConn community was all, uh, yeah. all all over Jackson coming into the year, yeah, yeah. and like he was bad, man. Like I thought, defensively he was terrible. Um, I mean, I and I get a lot of that is being a freshman, freshman mistakes. But like, did you just expect him to blow up this year? I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I I put UConn at three, so it's not like I'm I'm trying to bash them completely. I I just think they have a balanced team. Mm-hmm. But is that the Yukon type team that will lead them to the success that they expect? That's my question.
3: I think where Villanova is going to win by just outscoring a lot of teams. I think Yukon's going to win a lot by just beating up on teams, bullying them, and winning those like low scoring affairs. I and it, it's like it's a it's a game where you're gonna walk out of that game and be like, God, I, I don't want to play them again. It's like a bad <laughs> you know, it's it's going to be tough playing them.
2: Well, December eighteenth is the first matchup. Uh at at campbell or not at campbell rather at the xl center uh in hartford yep. uh, making the trip to that one once yep. uh uconn releases the single game tickets uh, i'm still <laughs> waiting on that uh exactly. so then l- let's talk st john's then uh mm. i put them at two you have them at four yep um so here's my thing i and this is what happened to me last year when it came to providence but the idea of a guard big man duo is just so tantalizing to me that I just can't resist. And I got to put them really high. Uh, although granted um, Champagny played a lot of the four and the five last year and he got abused like St. John's interior. That yeah. was so bad. And it's actually kind of funny because, you know, a lot of times when these guys go, through the the draft process, right, and gather that feedback now. A lot of the times, like, maybe they're focusing on that too much and it hurts your team. But in this case, I think it's going to be the opposite because NBA scouts are telling Champagne, yeah, you're not a big man. Like, why are you playing down low? And now they plan on playing him at the three. And I think that's going to be a lot better for both him, or maybe not him, maybe his stats aren't as, you know, inflated as they were this past year. But for the team, I mean, I think that's huge for them. Uh to not have to rely on him for interior defense because he's not good at it.
3: yeah. So I I um the big question for me with St. John's is they have two of top 10 players in the big east, and Posh Alexander and Champenny. Um, where where does where does the rest of their lineup fill out, right? Like they brought in a lot of transfers. They brought in this kid Smith from Vermont, who's a sharp shooter. Um they brought in the kid from Fordham. What's his name? Soriano, if I recall. The big man. Yep. Um, but it's not. It's not like high. This is going to sound bad, but it's like it's not high caliber instant impact transfers where you know what you're going to get from them. So it's all. It's. It, they're not the same positions, but your the Providence analogy there is actually pretty good from last year, where it's like Alexander and. Champagny are going to, going to get their numbers, but who else is going to step up in that roster, and the rest of the three? And that's to be determined. So you can lean on your two studs uh, a fair amount, but who else is going to step up? So that's my biggest question for them, because without a doubt, they have two of the best 10 players in the Big East, and that'll take you a long way.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, another big get would be uh, Matthias from Rutgers, uh, another guy that got but, and then they also got Aaron Wheeler from Purdue. Um, so they had a lot of guys. I mean, the, the one thing I, I'll give credence to, it was weird. There was kind of a mass exodus at St. John's at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a, as the Johnnies, you know, kind of stumbled down a stretch and, and didn't get, get a berth, even though they showed at times they could compete with anyone in the conference, maybe anyone in America to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm strictly going star power, man. That's why I have them that high. Um, I think the conference as a whole probably doesn't have the star power that it always has in terms of, like, you know, in years past, you got guys like Miles Powell, uh, Kamara Baldwin, um, you know, any of the big-time Nova guys, you know. Like, I feel like overall maybe this league doesn't have a ton of star power, but the Johnnys certainly have it. Uh, with Posh Alexander and Champagne. Um, so that's why I like them. But, I mean, I could see them not being that high. It totally could. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could blow up in their face. Um, but I've always been a big uh, Mike Anderson guy. Once again, Mike Anderson, never a losing season in his career. Pretty remarkable, uh, if you think about it. So, uh, you know, I think Mike Anderson's done a really good job with that program, getting them back to relevance. Um, so that's, you know, I'm banking on the star park. So that's why I come at at, at, uh, at two, but I guess let's flip back to Xavier quickly. Um, you know, I put Xavier at four because, you know, like you, I understand there's talent on that roster, but my thing is like, these guys have been here and like, what have they done? Like Paul Scruggs, talented player, but like what has he done at, at Xavier to make you think like he can carry them? Uh you know, for a tournament run. Granted, they're not really going to have to rely on him as, like, a star-star player. They got other guys, Fremantle. Uh, I mean, their backcourt's really good. Think about Kunkel still there.
3: Um, Tandy, who was a stud as a freshman, and he just had a weird year last year. Yeah, got in the doghouse, never really got out. Uh, Odom, Johnson, they just have a lot of
2: The guy that hit the winner against us.
3: Uh, Kobe Jones.
2: Yes, Said, um, and,
3: I, I, I heard, uh, I heard yeah. he's, I heard he's blowing up. I forget what podcast I was listening to. I heard he is blowing up, and he's going to be the next good one at Xavier. So, um, maybe, maybe I'm too bullish on them, but I think, I think anywhere in the two to four range is good for them.
1: Yeah, um,
2: you know, back on Nungi, I, I think Nungi's a great guy. Uh, I watched the Hawkeyes a ton last year. I was a big Garza guy, and Nungi was a stud. Uh, you know, knew his role, played it well. Um, You know, big man off the bench can, can stretch out from three I mean, anytime you can add A seven-footer that played in the Big Ten I, I think that's going to be a good thing uh, So, you know I, I know Xavier has the talent But the reason why I hold them at four Is just because, you know Back to that Travis Steele thing Like, What has he done with the teams that he's had So, uh, we'll have to see But, uh, alright, let, let, let's Go to, you know coming towards the middle here number five we got
3: providence
2: i got Providence as well okay
3: all right we're not <laughs> that far we're not that far off all right
2: we're not uh so you know I, I i said earlier i'm done with you know putting expectations on this team um and to be honest maybe i have them lower than five if uh I didn't get some of the uh, Intel that occurred in the black and white scrimmage over the weekend, but uh, we'll have to see, but like, you know, for PC, I think they got a veteran group. Um, I think Durham and Mania being added to the team should only help them defensively. I think a year outside of COVID again, not an excuse, but I do think with more time in the gym together, defensively, they're going to be a much, much better team. And I think that's, what's going to help them get back to being a tournament quality program, or, or at least back in the bubble conversation. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't think many teams are going to be able to contain Nate Watson in this conference. Uh, you look around the big men, you know, just not that many in the year of the big, the big East really doesn't have many good big men except for Nate Watson, of course. Uh, and I mean, that, that that's a little bit of an overstatement, but, for the most part, you look, Watson should be able to have a big, big season uh, and probably make, uh, you know, first team all Big East, which I expect him to be um, once Big East Community Day gets rolled on Tuesday. So, um, you know, we'll have to see. I think shooting, obviously, going to be a question mark. AJ Reeves is the biggest X Factor, man. Like, if, if only. Like, his game in the scrimmage, if we can just get, like, 70% of that, uh, yep. we're going to be such a good team. Like, it's ridiculous. Because, like, if you get Reeves going, he's the guy that, with his footwork outside on the perimeter, it's a guy that can create his own threes, um, a guy that, that can create his own mid-range game, and then attacking the basket, too. I mean, last year – or it really feels like ever since he got hurt – Attacking the basket has just been some like impossible endeavor for him. And we, we see him several times a year, just try insane tomahawk dunks that just either back rim or he gets slammed and gets fouled or whatever it may be, may be. but his touch around the rim attacking the hoop really hasn't been there since his freshman year. Um, yeah. I,
3: I think, um, I think you're spot on with the analysis of the team and, um, You know, we can talk for hours about the team. But I think the the big things are Watson is going to be the focal point of our offense. I think everybody knows that. What we need, if we're going to be successful, we need Watson, one, to be able to kick it out because he's going to get doubled and sometimes even triple teamed. He needs to be able to kick it out to the perimeter, which he showed he was was doing a little bit more towards the latter half of the season. He became really good at that. Um, And most importantly, when he does kick it out, they're going to be wide open looks. They're going to be good looks. You need to knock those down. We finally, I think, have the weapons, or I think we do, on the perimeter with Portcler, with hopefully a Reeves senior year uh, explosion, um, maybe in Durham to a certain extent. We need to have folks that can knock down the open shots when they're presented to us because they're going to be available. And if we can't knock down those perimeter shot, shots, then they're just going to continue to pack the paint and not allow our perimeter guards to drive. Um, so we can, unlock, we can unlock the offense if we can, you know, beat a team by beating them down low with Watson, but also knocking it down from three. So it's a lot of ifs, but we do have the potential because we do have a top five big man in the nation, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, like I said, this year loaded with big men, and I still think Nate Watson's, you know, top five as well. Um, and who's, one thing who's, with Watson,
3: who's, be, who's better than who? Who would we say is objectively better than him? Drew Timmy from Gonzaga, I guess. Yeah, Williams, Purdue. Yeah, um, McCormick from Kansas is getting a lot of love. i not, he's good. No,
2: not. I, no, I'll take Nate Watson over him.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, um let's say Coburn, Edilow,
2: Kofi, Coburn. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. He's, he is a monster. guy's a monster. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, you Know Chet is getting love. I guess we'll have to see him in action. I think he's yeah. gonna be sick, I really do.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, he's going. I, I, I should have prefaced by saying like traditional, traditional big men. Yeah, um, <laughs>
1: because I, because player. that would
3: not be fun for him to guard Watson in the book, like that wouldn't be fair. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, the fact that we can't rattle off maybe Baycott Bay from UNC, you could potentially throw in there, um, as a discussion point, at least. Um. But the fact that you can't rattle off names easily just shows how how much Watson has developed and how much of a presence he's going to be nationally and in the Big East.
2: So one point I wanted to bring up about Watson, you kind of alluded to it a little bit um, last year. I definitely think he added stuff to his his game from the year prior. Um, one thing that he was able to do really well last year, mid like he sort of developed like a fourteen ish footer. You know, uh, you know so he wasn't solely just scoring in the paint. Uh, He developed a bit bit of a jump shot. It took announcers, I think, actually the announcers never even like figured it out, but like you would hit that shot and they'd be like, well, that's not his shot. It's like, Mm -hmm. he's been doing this all year. Uh, So, you know, he developed that. And then like you were saying, becoming a passer out of the post, he did a little bit better as the season progressed. Um, You know, I think, With him now, when we look into this year, two things that he can get better on. One, I I think he can continue being a better passer. And then defensively, he's got to be better. He's got to be more disciplined, hopefully being in college for so long now. uh, He he can kind of figure that part of it out, right? Um, You know, he wasn't in foul trouble as much as he had had been the previous three years, but – you know over the course of his career, got to gets in the foul trouble, so defensively, he just needs to be more disciplined. And I think there's no reason why he shouldn't lead this conference in rebounding, it's a matter of having the same intensity that he has following his own miss, of following yeah. other people's misses, will make will, will go a long way with him. I, I really believe that because he is just a beast when it comes to he misses one down low, he, he's fighting, and claw, and getting that rebound back and putting it back up, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And,
2: like, if he can do that on the defensive side, like, that would be huge. Um, so, hopefully, he develops some things. But, again, going back, I think hopefully this team will be a better uh, – better in terms of passing to the postman. That was a big issue all year last year. Um, the, the, the entry passing in the post, like, that was pathetic. Hopefully you're bringing a guy like Durham play with Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, their team last year was pretty much predicated around getting him the ball on the post. So hopefully he helps that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I could see this province team finishing anywhere between two or three and like nine. <laughs> honestly.
3: Yeah. It, it's a, it's a, it's a grab bag, honestly. Um but, you, you know, you talk about this COVID year and the waiver we've talked about, they're, they're, they're probably going to have the oldest team in all of the NCAA. So, there's to me, there's really no excuses. We filled the gaps with transfers where I think there's perceived gaps. We should hit the ground running. So, we'll see. All
2: right, my next – let's do two more, – let's go 6-7 now. Uh, okay. Because I've i been kind of, like, debating who I should put here. Uh, I have a feeling I know who you're going to put – um and one of those teams is the team I was debating, and I'm not going to put them there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm going to go Butler uh, at six.
3: I went Butler at six as well.
2: Really? What were you thinking, Scene Hall? Uh,
3: Sean Hall was seven.
2: Okay, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I really like – you know, Butler faced so many injuries last year. Um, they really dealt with a lot. And Jordan still got those guys to compete. And like, they, I believe they beat Nova last year at ankle. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they weren't a great team, but you could just so, slowly see it develop with them as the year progressed. And, you know, I do know whether it it's the Butler way, man. I, I think that will shine itself through even more so this season. Um, you know, ne- Nezzy and, and Golden, mm-hmm. they're not the best bigs, but like, I think that's a really good duo, you know, could compete for top front courts in the, in the conference. And then you got a guy like uh, Aaron Thompson, who's been there forever, just knows how to play the game. You know, doesn't good defender, doesn't turn it over, can hit an open shot when he needs to, but isn't the great, uh, the best offensive player, but he, he's serviceable enough. Um, and he's just a steady presence I think for that team. Um, yeah. So I really would- like them. And then, you know, they've, they've added talent. Um Miles Tate's a guy that, you know, they'll have to kind of wait and see on he tours ACL late. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if he plays at all this season, but I, I think Laval Jordan can get this team to be even more competitive this year, hopefully with less injuries.
3: Well, I think, I think I agree with you. I think there's some consistency in the roster, right? Like they should have theoretically four or five starters returning. Um, the growing pains from last year where they had to lean on Harris and Tate a lot as true freshmen is going to pay off in dividends. Even if Tate isn't, Tate plays like maybe the latter half of the big East season, who knows? Harris is a stud. Uh, he's going to be a great big East player. Then you, you know, everybody forgets Thompson was hurt for most of the year last year. He was on and off with injuries. Then you mentioned NZ and Golden. They just have a lot of pieces. And while none of them scream NBA talent, maybe Harris, eventually, who knows, Um it's just a really good college team. And I think, you know, Butler has their culture. They know what their culture is. And I think they're going to surprise. And it's nice having the core of the team back because that's going to help them a lot.
2: Yeah, for sure. So then let's get right into it. At seven, I have seen as well. Um, so we're, we're the same here.
3: Um, so, so really quick, people yeah. who are listening probably are going to be like that. That's, this is probably the first one where people jump out of their seats and say, like, what, what the heck are they thinking? I think you and I are in the same boat, and correct me if I'm mistaken, I'm making a poor assumption. Everybody's talking about how, you know, Seen Hall is just going to be a top three, top four team in the East. Why? I I don't really understand that. We don't know who their point guard is going to be. You talk about Kadari Richmond as being the guy that's going to handle the rock. Why is that? Like, he's a 6'5 combo guard. Maybe I'm just going to be wrong. He's going to be a stud and handle the rock from day one. We haven't seen it. He transferred from Syracuse um at some point you can only lean on their high school recruiting rankings for so long um so that that's a big question mark to me and also another question is mamu like did a lot for them he did a little bit of everything for them you could always count on him to do like 18 18, six, and 5 like you could always lean on that for him um you you don't have that anymore so i think Roden's going to make a pretty significant leap and um Who's the guy that's returning for, as a fifth or sixth year? Miles Hale. Uh, yeah. So yeah. he'll be he'll be another strong player, and then they have the big again. Um, I, what's his name? Uh, I uh Obiagu.
2: Obiagu? They still yeah. have him?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, they I know they added Alexis Yetna uh, from USF, who well, I actually kind of like. Um, but yeah, I mean, my so. One, I do want to apologize to the scene hall fans. Uh, I believe on the last pod, I said their best player is going to be a transfer. Totally forgot about Jerry Roden um, yeah. stud player, but here's the thing with Joe Roden, very good complimentary player. And guess what? Mamu, uh, Mamu same deal. But the, the thing that's kind of separates him from a Jared Roden is he's a guy that can pass, right? Mm-hmm. Never really seen that from Jared Roden. Um, so <laughs> I think Mamu, while a complimentary piece having to play star player for C, uh, Hall last year, he could do a little bit more and impact in different ways that Roden cannot. And that team didn't make the tournament either last year. So, uh, I yeah, I, I just I don't see all the hype with them. They do have that uh, Jermaine Harris, I believe. Jermaine
3: Harris, he transferred from what American or something like that. Yes, yes. Uh, and he's a score. He's a scorer, right? But like you see, all the time, score guys who are averaging like 15 to 25 i'm just throwing out a range there from a lower level come up to the big east and it's you know it's a transition period it's just a the East is a monster um and you know Kadari richmond isn't transferring as like an upperclassman he's still young so they may they may be there towards the end of the year i think willard's a fantastic coach but i think there are a lot of question marks and you know, I I just think there's a lot of question marks for them to be, like, a consensus top three or top four team in the Big East, which is where a lot of national pundits are putting them. So, who knows? Maybe maybe we're both wrong. But I, I was surprised – I was surprised that you had them as low as I did as well at seven.
2: Um. So, it's Jameer Harris. Jermaine Harris is a kid at URI. <laughs> oh okay. That was, that was not very good. Uh, yeah, so, Jameer Harris – yeah, I agree with you. The one thing going for him is he – um, he, he did have that one year in the system, right? Didn't get to play, but had that one development year. Um, so hopefully that helps him. But I mean, with Jared Bynum last year, you saw it. Uh, he had that year and it really didn't help him. Granted, there were injuries, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just think it's a question mark. And then another thing, Bryce Aiken, the Harvard kid, says he's 100% healthy. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> this guy has Bellinger's his entire career And could not stay on the court for Hall at all last year So I, I don't I'm not going to expect much from him To be honest until I actually see it on the court um, So we'll see I mean Kevin Willard could probably make us look pretty dumb In a couple months But whatever I, I think there's too many questions uh, uh, From Seton Hall as well So
1: I yep.
2: got him at seven Number eight uh, I went with the Creighton Blue Jays.
3: Yeah, you and I are together, my friend. Same thing.
2: <laughs> okay, so Creighton, the one thing with Creighton, I, it's going to be tough to reload their team after having one of the best teams they've ever had in program history, and a lot of those guys left. So uh, granted, they have one of the top recruiting classes in the country, would have been a lot better had they had they been able to keep Ty Ty Washington, who's in uh, at Kentucky now. But um, you know, I, I think they'll be competitive. But I think it's a rebuilding season in Omaha, to be honest.
3: They, I mean, they did they lose all five of their starters?
2: Pretty sure Bishop's at Texas. Uh, Zegarowski,
3: Zagar- Jefferson, Mahoney.
2: Did Zegarowski uh, make the Nets?
3: I don't know if he did. That's <laughs> maybe. I, I don't know. Um,
2: you know, David Duke, another thing that happened this past week, David Duke um, got a two-way with the Nets, making the team. Um, but he'll have eligibility to be flip flop flip-flop back and forth between Brooklyn and the Long Island Nets there. But, but yeah, so, he's uh, gone. Bishop's gone. Uh, Mahoney. Did Mahoney
3: go go to the Mahoney, Mahoney's gone, too. Did,
2: for like professional reasons he's
1: still had
3: yeah time yes <laughs> yes i know you guys i was the only one that liked mahoney in our like prior group chat you guys all hated him um well
2: i actually kind of liked him in the sense that we just owned him all the time yeah awesome.
3: yeah it seemed like he had his worst game against us all the time but yeah they're all gone um so i mean they're they're just replacing a ton of ton of talent and they do have, like you said, they've they brought in strong recruiting classes. Like, they, you, uh, you mentioned the guy, uh, Washington, but they replaced him with Trey Alexander, who's a stud in his own right. Um, yeah. And they also have uh, Mike Miller's son. So, you know, he's – I mean, he, that's just like a perfect fit for the – He's got to be season. able to shoot, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got Nem, Nem Hart. Um, yeah, so they'll just be – they'll be a team like – the Creighton team is going to be two years from now when they're going to have the next great great Creighton team, in my opinion. Um, but this year will be a quote unquote rebuilding team, but who knows, but who knows with McDermott, his system, he just turns out great offensive output.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, you know, I just think they have, they're too young. Um, and McDermott's kind of in an an interesting spot here. Um, you know, obviously, Why why do you
3: say, why do you say that Mike?
2: I think you know why I say that. Because (laughs) he he had the the post-game comments that, um, you know, kind of put the team in a really rough spot. Luckily for their draw, people will say, oh, well, like Ohio, like they're a good team, and Stanford was no easy um, team either. But I I just think, like, you know, why? Like he's got to kind of build up a lot of trust again, I think. And I think if the seasons start to go bad for him, I, I like McDermott, but his time could be numbered and great, believe it or not. That's my opinion.
3: Yep. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not a bad opinion. I think it's a pretty valid opinion.
2: Um, all right. So then rounding off the bottom then, uh, who who you got next?
3: I have Georgetown.
2: I also have Georgetown. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Georgetown, they had their great run last year. of uh, how, how,
3: awesome was, how awesome was that, by the way? That was so great. That's why the Big East tournament's the best.
2: Yeah. No, for real. That, that was a great moment, um, you know, to see Patrick Ewing. You know, I got chills when he came back and, like, they played St. John's in, like, the first round of the Big East tournament, like, a few years ago. I think it was, like, year one. It was him versus Mullins. Like, that stuff is awesome. Uh, And to see Ewing – everything that Ewing's dealt with as a coach has been tough, man. Like, guys leaving the program left and right, he just can never seem to catch a break. And that's already happening again with with Trey King, who didn't meet the standards of Georgetown University, so he's no longer on the team. Uh, I don't
3: don't know if it's a – it's probably a combination of – I don't know if it's a Ewing thing or if it's a Georgetown thing, because he just – they just can't keep players there. It's crazy, no. it's, and it's like, hey, like you Wahab was was and then Wahab, too. Wahab too. Wahab yeah. too. I like. I like. We have a good buddy who's a Maryland alum, and I just can't, for the life of me, understand why anybody would transfer as a big man, a traditional big man, playing under Ewing. Like that. To me, that is a perfect fit. So something's off there. I don't get it. Like. Why the heck would you leave Georgetown to try and replicate what 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 like Diamond Stone did at Maryland? Like, are, what's going on here? I don't I don't understand. I don't under I don't know. It's just very odd to me. But they're going to so Georgetown is going to lean on their guard uh, Harris Dante Harris, who was you know a stud last year, and they brought in a ton of a uh, ton of great recruits uh, in Aminu Mohammed and um and Matumbo son Ryan Mutombo. So. They're going to be a very, very young team, Um, but I think they have the talent there. I just think it's, you know, there's not enough consistency, um, consistency with Georgetown, and there's not enough talent overall, uh, consistency in roster. So it's going to be another down year for them, unfortunately. But um, if they can keep the players, they brought in a couple of great pieces on the the recruiting front. So uh, maybe they're another team that's two or three years away. Yeah,
2: I mean they got more talented kid who's probably going to be in the conversation for um, the East freshman or newcomer of the year. I would guess, um, although it's going to be interesting with all the transfers, um, what happens with that award. But uh, but yeah, the one thing with Georgetown, I know Ewing will get his guys to compete. End of the day, um, you know, I, last year they were struggling early, and then. Of course, when we played them, was kind of when the tide shifted on them. Uh, Chudier uh, Belay or whatever his name was, yep. he emerged and was a very uh, focal point of their team, their offense. Um, is, he still on, is,
3: he still, is he still on the team? No, I, I don't he, think so. He was, yeah, he was a great – that was like a – he was a great player for them. I loved watching him play. He was all energy.
2: Yeah, no, he, he was awesome in like – he was really the, the, the missing link for them to be a good team. And, you know, they certainly proved it in the biggest tournament. But, yeah, I just think it's tough uh, losing so many guys, having to, you know, incorporate new guys. I, I just don't see the magic returning to But who knows? I mean, they could – theoretically, they could be a team that kind of carries that momentum over. You never know. Yep. But – I think for now it's safe to put them down low. So, um, all right, who you got next? I think I know. Marquette. Yep. So Marquette and DePaul.
3: Marquette and DePaul, yep.
2: Okay, so really our only differences are are between two and four. Uh,
3: That's pretty crazy, by the way. We had the same, what, nine picks out of 11 teams.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, great minds think alike, right?
3: Uh, Minds think alike. I don't know if it's great or (laughs) –
2: So, uh, yeah, I'll go Marquette. Um, I love the shock Smart hire. I really do. Um, Fanta alluded to this um, when he visited them. But at Texas, he was kind of
3: required
2: to get the top prospects uh, every yeah, single Yeah, listen,
3: I listened to that podcast, and, uh, you know, I didn't understand that comment like who is who's granted texas is a whole different beast like you look at their football program and how you know they, they have these chancellors who run the show instead of like the football coach which is whatever i guess the same thing goes for the basketball team but who's dictating that like he only can go after like the blue chip recruits and not get studs that fit his system that that comment while like phantom knows a lot more about basketball and like has the inside scoop much more than i do that comment didn't make much sense to me i didn't understand that. Like. Are they saying you can't recruit this guy because he's not a four or five star? And he, uh, that was just a very curious comment to me.
2: I don't know. I think mainly it's just when you're in a position like shock smart at Texas, you have all those resources. You're going to go after the biggest fish, whether or not they fully fit your system or not. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the problem is when they get, when you get a guy like Greg Brown, that's, projected in nba mock drafts like top five going into the season like and then he doesn't he makes a lot of mistakes and he doesn't do what you want him to do uh you know that that can be that can be detrimental and i think um i think that's really what it is not like he was physically forced no you cannot you must sign five star uh but i i think it's like how can you not go after the biggest fish
3: or maybe like his system, you need players, you need players that are willing to buy in for two or three years. And he was right. He was like a victim of his own recruiting success where he was getting the guys that only want to be there for one year so he can fully implement a system. Maybe that's what he was alluding to.
2: Yeah, I mean, but but I just think it's a fresher start. Marquette doesn't need to get these top ten players, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so I think it would be good, but I think year one. Gonna be tough. Lose DJ Carton, lose Dawson uh, Garcia
1: yep.
2: Yep. to UNC. Um, one thing I will say, Justin Lewis is going to be a monster. Uh, I really think he's going to be great uh, going forward and he's going to be a pain in the ass to play against. Yep. Um, you know, we saw it a bit last year. Um, it, it, like he's just got the physical tools. I really like his game. Um, a guy that can dominate the paint and also, you know, hit a shot or two here and there. Um, but overall, I think too much rebuilding going on there. So yep. that's why I have near the bum.
3: Then last but not least, DePaul. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking – dude, I was looking at their roster. Oof, that is a tough roster. Um, who's the, the only guy I really recognize is like Freeman Liberty. Freeman Liberty, so. yeah. Yeah, so uh, – Tony
2: field I believe, uh, new coach there at um, at DePaul. Now, me personally, if I was DePaul, why did you keep Dave Lado last season? I feel like new arena, like fresh start. Why are you keeping Lado, and now you replace him? and It's like, yeah, fresh start, like new yeah. arena, and all. It's like, well, no, you have the arena, and you guys still stunk. Uh, but I, I do. I'm going to buy into them long-term though. Um, I think Stubblefield gives them new energy. Uh, he brought over a guy from, from Oregon, I believe for this year. I mean, again, I I'm picking them last for a reason. I, I think it's going to be a, a complete rebuild there, but I do. I think if not now for the ball, like now, meaning the next few years when, right. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, Anytime you bring in a new coach, there's that, energy around and buzz around the program you tend to get bigger recruiting classes you know off that first wave of of going to a new place um but yeah i mean so i want to see how this develops but yeah for right now last easy easiest pick easiest pick to make every single year then i know
3: it's sad to say they did bring in you know maybe the maybe the focus with the new stadium and the new Regime is like keeping talent, keeping homegrown talent in the state. And they got a kid named Bynum, who's, who was a four-star top 100. The problem is keeping them there. Like they, they, in the past years they've gotten strong recruits, but they always just leave or transfer out. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But I agree with you. I think they're consistently at the bottom and I think they will remain there this year, unfortunately.
2: You know, what might be a good thing for them is Charlie Moore's finally gone, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, talk about a guy that just – he was able to put up numbers, but talk about like a volume score and like his numbers were purely inflated on just taking the most shots on the team. Uh, He wasn't a very efficient player. Mm -hmm. Um, So it will be interesting to see what they are without him. But, um, yeah, I think DePaul – Although who knows, maybe they go out in non-conference and, and we bring back hashtag rank the paul like we did a few yeah. years ago.
3: <laughs> the Paul the Paul Reed year.
2: Ugh. All right. Well, so that's our biggest rankings. Um, be interested to see how it all shakes out at Media Day. I guarantee you neither mine nor yours will be the be the coach's top 10. No. Um one, uh, the, big, the, biggest discrepan- the
3: biggest discrepancy, in my opinion, is going to be the scene Hall one. That one, I think, yeah. um, is going to be the one that stands out for us. Looking at ours again, I think PC and Butler may be ranked a little bit lower than where we have them at five and six, respectively, um, because they'll bump Seton Hall ahead of them. But, uh, yeah, I think I think the biggest variance is going to be where we have Seton Hall versus where the coaches have them.
2: Yeah, that and then I think – I feel like there's no way UConn doesn't make number two spot.
3: <laughs> yeah, just by name and brand recognition like, and having them back. I guess it's kind
2: know. of annoying because, like, they returned last year, but with COVID and no fans. It's like now this year, it's like, oh, now they're back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to deal with this all over again, Great, right? mm-hmm. uh, But, yeah, so we'll take a quick break, and then we'll finish up with our predictions for uh, the awards in the Big East. All right. So quickly, a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. All right. Welcome back to the Province Crier Podcast. Gonna wrap up here our Big East preview with um, with the awards, right? Uh, You know, with Big East Me today on Tuesday, day that we're dropping the pod. uh, They'll hand out their preseason awards there, so we might as well do the same. So let's start with. our first team all conference. I think we're only just gonna name one team. And we're gonna do it. We're only gonna do five players. Okay. Sick of these lists with we're most- not
3: doing like the, the big ten or big twelve, which lists like six or seven players for a first team. Unless I checked, yeah. there's five starters on a basketball court. Um
2: all right, so Bio, so, so you, you start then.
3: Yeah, so I think there's three consensus that will be unanimous first teamers. I think it's Gillespie, Champenny, and uh, ours truly, Nate Watson. Um the four and five spots are where I had a lot of trouble. I think they'll give it to Scruggs because he's an upperclassman and he he has produced and he's going to be with Fremantle, the face of the team for Xavier. Then the fifth spot I had a lot of trouble with. So the fifth spot I was going between Jared Roden, Fremantle, and uh, Tyrese Martin showing my affinity for him. I'm going to go with uh, Roden. So my team is Gillespie, Watson, Champagny, Scruggs, Roden.
2: All right. So, uh, one thing I think we'll definitely have, uh, we definitely have the same in terms of Gillespie and um, and Champagne, uh for sure. Um, you know, with Gillespie, I think he can have that type of season. That's like the, remember the Brunson year? He, he won National Player of the Year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is kind of giving away who I think is going to be Big East Player of the Year, but I think uh, Gillespie can have that type of season where you know, Nova's very successful and his numbers may not blow you out of the water, but everything that he brings to the table, he's going to warrant that national player of the year. Uh, at least he'll be in the running for it in my opinion. Um, I'm going Champagne. I'm going to go Champagne's teammate, Posh Alexander. I'm going to put him in there. Okay. Uh, yep. Biggie's freshman of the year last year, um, you know, very talented in, 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 open court. Um, and again, I have the Giants as two. So if they're going to do that, those two guys are going to have to be studs. So I'll have champagne, uh, and posh to go with Gillespie. Then
1: uh, obviously I'm going to pick
2: Nate Watson, yep. pick Nate Watson. Um, cause I, I feel like for me, you gotta have a center. Like I, I know a lot of people are like going, let's just pick the five best players. Yeah. No, You got, it's gotta be like a basketball team. So, uh, I'm putting a Watson again, obviously we're both very, uh, very high on, on Watson to have a big year. Um, so I'll put in Watson and then kind of like debating who to go with between Samuels and Roden. I think I'll go Roden as well, just because he has the opportunity. Yep. Um, You know he's going to be looked at as the star player at Seton Hall, so you know if they finish seventh, he probably isn't going to make it. But
3: (laughs) so we so our only our only difference then is you went Posh Alexander, which I think is a great pick. I went Strugs. Yes, good. So that so that makes sense. I think there are three players that are going to be unanimous, and Gillespie definitely Gillespie and Champagne, and then to a lesser extent, even though I think he'll be unanimous, Nate Watson. And then the last two spots are kind of a throw up, but I threw up in the air. I think it will be between Roden, Scruggs, maybe even Fremantle. Martin was my, like, little bit of a wild card, but I think potentially he could be in there. Um, but I think it is between probably Str- between uh, Roden, Fremantle, Scruggs, and Alexander.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we'll see. Can Scruggs finally put it all together, right? Uh I mean, what, what do you, what do you make any conference rankings last year? Like do you make it? I don't remember.
3: I forget. Honestly, off the top of my head. Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, hopefully fifth year of eligibility finally puts it all together. But uh, again, I, Xavier just kind of worries me. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, but Fremantle's a really good pick. He, he could very well find a way on that list. Yeah. Um, you know, ever since he's been at savior, he's been a guy that you're going to hate to go against.
1: And he's
2: only going to get better. He improved last year uh, from his freshman season. Um, so he's definitely a guy that, that, that can make that jump. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really see anyone from Mike Butler. <laughs> excuse me. No, uh, making it. Uh, don't see anyone from Marquette. Um, creating the same. I mean, I do feel like the conference is wide open, but then like the bottom four of like DePaul, Marquette, Creighton, Georgetown, I don't really see them making a ton of noise on uh, on you know first team.
3: Fremantle, so. Fremantle, and Scruggs made second team last year.
2: Okay, all right, so yeah, he definitely has a shot to make it there. We'll see. Um, all right, so I guess I kind of already gave mine away. I'm going with Gillespie for Converse Player of the Year, um, just because he's going to be, you know, the straw that stirs the drink at Nova, and they're going to be one of the top teams in the country again. So, uh, pretty easy pick for me.
3: I think, I think if uh, I think it if it's not split between Gillespie and Champagne, which I think it will be, then um, it's going to be Gillespie. So I agree with you.
2: Yeah, so did they, did they split it last year?
3: There was a three-team split right? at the end of last yeah. year. Or a three-player split, I'm sorry. It was Mamu Gillespie, and Zegarowski. I forget, actually. Who the heck was it?
2: No, I think you're right. I think you know it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, again, it just goes back to Gillespie's leadership. Um, you know, going to be a guy that hits shots when he needs to hit shots, uh, not turn the ball over, um, yeah, you know, and just be that leader for them. So that's who I'm going with. Uh, coach of the year, who, who do you like? Uh,
3: I I like Butler's coach, coach of the year, Jordan. Okay. Um, I think he is going to surprise a lot of teams. I think they could, even though I had them what at six, I think they could potentially even finish higher. They have. Continuity. I'm a big fan of continuity, and they have it in spades, so that's my pick.
2: All right, so I'm going to go with uh, Mike Anderson. Did he win it last year?
3: I don't recall, honestly, but you are very bullish on St. John's this year, Mike. I am.
2: I'm telling you, I'm just a sucker for the guard guard forward duo. What can I say?
1: Um,
2: But, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to pick them second – I think Mike Anderson will be right there for coach of the year. So, um, dark horse Cooley, who knows?
3: <laughs> who knows? Who knows? And I hope for his sake he is, man, because the, the fans are going to be restless if we don't uh, we don't come out of the gates hot and if we don't perform well.
1: Um,
2: all right, so then are we don't doing do most, defensive most, player of the year?
3: Yeah, we, what we could do, defensive player of the year, I'm just going to go chalk and say uh, Whaley from UConn. I love I love okay. his game. He won it. What? He won it last year, right?
1: Yeah,
2: I, I think so. Uh, yeah, um, I'll go with your boy Freeman. Interesting. I, you don't think he's a good defender?
3: Uh, I think I think Watson takes him to work, and he gets away with he gets away with like the JRE, where like he's a little bit of a dirty player, but he gets away with it. Um, we'll see. I. I think Whaley will run away with it. I think he'll average like two and a half blocks a game.
2: I just feel like with defensive, like I don't
3: know. Probably or or you know, we're missing Posh Alexander too. He could just run away with it. He's a pest.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's he's gets a ton of steals. Uh I mean, I, I think unfortunately for him, he's probably too small to win it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know if the word sizes or not, but uh I just feel like the rebounding probably won't be there. Obviously black shots probably won't be there. But with defensive player year, I just think it's kind of kind of have to just wait and see, right?
3: Yeah. yeah. We yeah, all thought, we all thought Duke predict. would be a
2: stud last year on defense and he wasn't. So
3: there you go. I think I think for most improved player of the year, we're gonna have the same person. Um mine's Justin Lewis Marquette.
1: Damn
3: it. Yep. <laughs> I could see him, I could see him being the this, the focal point of their entire offense. And I think I could see him even sneaking into second team, all second team, all big East. I think he is a stud. I love the way he played last year. He played with an aggressiveness and intensity that Marquette truly lacks or lacked under Wojo. I think he is going to be a culture, culture and tone setter for their team. So I'm very, very bullish on the kid uh, from the DMV area.
2: Yep. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with him too because again you're talking about opportunity, uh plenty of minutes available for him. Um he's gonna anchor that front court. Uh so I but I do think two PC guys could make a run at this thing too, with Reeves and Bynum. Uh, yeah,
3: I would say I would say more so Reeves, but um because yeah. I think Bynum, even if he has an exponentially better year than last year, he's probably not gonna put up like crazy stats. Yeah, Reeves, Reeves, if he goes, if he improves, he's going to pr- improve in a massive way in his points per game, which is what everybody looks at. Yeah. Like, so uh um, he, he's just a flashier he's a flashier player too.
2: Candy's another guy that could maybe do that after having that weird season last year.
3: A cook, uh, a cook, a cook.
2: Yep. Uh, come back from injury, torn Achilles. Um, they suffered over a year ago now, uh year and a half, really um it'll be interesting to see him play
3: (laughs) yeah he was you know we wanted him we wanted him badly and he was a was he he was a five-star right yeah i think so yeah so there you know he's a very unique player he can you know he's a big man who can block shots but also stroke it from deep and that's that's a uh, nice swiss army knife they have there he just needs to stay healthy and trust his body which is just as much a mental thing as it is a physical thing
2: Yeah, so – okay, so then freshman of the year.
3: Yeah, we'll close it with freshman of the year, and I think this is more so just based off opportunity. So inflated numbers because you're probably starting for a not-so-great team. Um, So I was between two Crane players in Trey Alexander and Nem Hart, and then one Georgetown player in Aminu Muhammad, who was a stud. He was a gem pickup for them. I went with Muhammad because I think he's going to start day one and even in losses, he'll, I think he'll end up putting up like 12 to 15 a game.
2: Yeah. Um, I'll go with Nembhard. Uh just cause, you know, you got the Creighton kind of has now, I would say like a culture established in terms of league guard with Zagorowski. Um, Nemhart's a kid that whose brother played for a lot of, a lot of different programs, Florida, Gonzaga, uh, but a guy that's played high-level basketball. So I I think that helps him. Um, You know, this is a conference to me for the most part that freshmen aren't super, super impactful. I mean, granted, uh, Posh Alexander won it last year, and he certainly was impactful for the Johnnies. But I I think it is tough for freshmen uh, to make it. And, again – I'll kind of reiterate going back to the newcomer of the year thing, it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, whether or not they will include a transfer and you think about some transfers that can maybe uh make that you know, you look at Marcel, um, sure, so you know, Marcel, uh, who knows, maybe Al Durham, um, so it'll be interesting to see where they, they go with that, but. I'll I'll be true to the original award as freshman of the year and go all right. So that wraps it up. Um, you know, call, call the week here, biggest media day, going to be fun and exciting. Like it always is. Uh, I don't know. I feel like PC doesn't have anyone that's going to, maybe Watson can make a a couple, uh, uh, memorable, like, uh, viral clips like LaJuan Pipkins did when, uh,
3: that was awesome.
2: When he chirped, Mac McClung.
3: <laughs> I I, rem- I remember that, and I was that's when I like that's when I bought into Pipkins, and it took him a while, but he came around, and uh, only COVID didn't rob us of that run at the end of the year. I know it sucks,
2: but uh, yeah, well, um, obviously plan to come through through media day. Uh, PC's got their first scrimmage against Stonehill on Saturday. I plan on going, so. I'll Give us some intel on our next episode. And then on top of that, uh, I think John Fanta, after Biggest Mead of the day is is done and he gets a little, little breather, said he'd come on the pod uh, to do another episode with us like he did last year. So that'd be a lot of fun. But until that, uh, until then,
0: have a good one. Thanks, guys. up in my city me, well, let's take him back to school PC, you know we on not go. Call like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll. Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Home. I'm the alpha dog D They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage. Ain't you see me bumping so we gon' let 'em have it. They don't want no static, we at the top, just like the attic This year we taking over my friends. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, eh. Crossover, I might throw the hell at you. But they sleeping on me while they take them back to school. Man up in my city, I'm the truth.